Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. My name is H.T. Chambers and I'm the superintendent of schools for ALEAF ISD. Thank you for joining today's episode. Uh, we are obviously in public ed and specifically in ALEAF. We are in the teaching business. This is what we do. We teach. This whole notion of transferring knowledge from one person to another, in our case from adults to children, and in many cases from adults to adults, is a very powerful thing. And today I've got a couple of guests. Uh, one is a lady, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but one is uh, Tracy Grigsby. Her and her team oversees our district's professional development. And I'm going to ask her in a little bit to maybe give a, a definition of professional development. What does that mean to her? Uh, and what does that mean to, to how we prepare uh, and develop our teachers? And then we have Miss Ebony Kennedy, who is a teacher who's actually gone through this and is here, uh, obviously, to talk about from a practical matter uh, as a classroom teacher. Thank you both for being here. And I, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself. Ebony, if you don't mind, just introduce yourself where you're teaching and a little bit of your background. And then, Tracy, if you'll do the same. Okay. Um, my name is Ebony Kennedy. I currently teach sixth grade math, science, and social studies at Miller Intermediate. This is my 18th year teaching, and I've done all 18 in A-Leaf, and I'm also an A-Leaf graduate. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> so you got training way back. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you were an easy student then. And my name is Tracy Grigsby-Turner, and um, I have been with A-Leaf for 30 years now. I started as a high school science teacher at Hastings High School, and I was actually Ebony's teacher when she was in high school. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm outnumbered. Good. And just so the audience knows, intermediate schools in A-Leaf are fifth and sixth graders, right in the middle of all kinds of changes going on in those little little guys' lives. So as I mentioned, we're, we're going to talk about developing teachers, and I want to set kind of the context for those listening, if you're in the profession, if you're a teacher, if you're an educator, I think as a practical matter, you understand what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the continuation of learning and improving as a teacher so that you can go into the classroom and be the most effective teacher that you possibly can for your kiddos. If you're not in the profession, uh, this, this is very similar to what many professionals are responsible for maintaining throughout their career, which is kind of honing your craft. Physicians, doctors are constantly having to be updated on medical procedures, etc. Every profession on demand has this. Or perhaps there's not a more important PD process than for teachers because our world is changing every day and kids are changing and what kids come to us with is changing. We don't have the luxury of doing the same things we've always done. So with that, I am going to turn this over to you guys and talk about professional development, how we treat our teachers as pros, right? You know, the, the professional athlete constantly works at his or her craft during season, out of season, at night, weekends, all the time. Teachers are very similar in that regard. So, Tracy, if you don't mind, talk about PD. I'm going to use the term PD, so if you don't know, it means professional development. Talk about PD, the, your view of it, and kind of how you see it in ALEAF. I think the analogy that you used for the um, athletes is perfect. Our teachers learn in season. Um, we have Saturday sessions. We have evening sessions. Our teachers learn out of season. We have summer sessions. Just this last summer, we offered 800 different professional development sessions for our teachers. So I think the idea that they are constantly improving is you know, what we strive for. Right. And we really look at 
at what their needs are out there from the different content areas, from different grade levels. Um, we look at their teaching experience. Are you somebody who's come to us with 20 years of experience? Are you somebody who is this the first, first time you're setting foot in a classroom? And we, we differentiate our professional development for our teachers. Ebony, I know you've been in the classroom for quite a while. Talk about your recollection of what was it like being prepared to go into the classroom? And I want to tell you why I'm asking this. A-Leaf is statewide known for its professional development. It is. And anyone listening to this podcast from another district who knows anything about PD will, will admit that and, and understand that. Talk about a little bit from your perspective on how your how that PD prepared you and helped you and how has that continued over the last 18 years of your career? When I started in A-Leaf, I started actually before the district started the A-Leaf U teacher induction program. So I was an alternative certification teacher. So when I came in, I wasn't as prepared as I would have liked to be. Right. What I've seen in the last few years working summers with um, Tracy in the professional development department is those teachers that are coming in now are so prepared. We are offering sessions that not only deal with content, but also deal with the socio-emotional side. And I think that that's the biggest change that I've seen in the 18 years. When I came in, everything was content, content, content. Content is great, but as the children change, as the students change, and the things that they're going through change, we have to change how we do professional developments. And so I've seen a lot more of a focus on building relationships, uh, those those restorative practices, stoic, champs in the classroom, different procedures and structures that we use in the classroom with our students that aren't content-based, but that help to build those relationships so that they can get that content from us later on. So talk a little bit about building relationships so you're in the classroom. What are some things that you do that you have found to be helpful or useful that PD has either helped sharpen that that idea? Talk, talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, I've gone through the restorative practices training. It helps because I in my classroom we have a relationship agreement, for example. And we sat down as a class. The students actually sat down and we talked about between student and student, what are the type of Uh, What agreement do you want to have? What are the types of things that you want to say, I'm willing to do this in order to make this a good environment from everyone? And then we talked about student to teacher. What are the things that the students are willing to do in respect to me? Um, Teacher to student, what do they want from me and what do they need from me? And then we finally talked about student to classroom where they talked about what they're willing to do, how they take care of our materials and our supplies. Once they had all those discussions, we actually made an agreement that all of the students signed and it's posted in the classroom. And so everyone is able to hold each other accountable. That's one of those relationship building things, because we started off the beginning of the year saying this is the relationship we want to have with each other in order for us to be a successful class. And if you don't have that relationship piece, you can teach the content all day long. They're not going to get it. That is like uber critical, right? (laughs) Yes. You can't overemphasize the, the relationship part of it. Tracy, talk about that. And, and I, I mentioned in our prep meeting last week, uh, one of the things that, that I have found so impressive, and, and I've been here eight and a half years as superintendent, but getting here and just kind of watching it develop is this emphasis on how do we help adults build relationships with kiddos, regardless of what their age is. Talk about the, the history of that and how that came to pass as being such a critical part of professional development. 
I think we really started down that road with the um, safe and civil schools um, methods mm -hmm. and models, the idea that it's up to the teacher to teach the students the behaviors they want to see in the classroom. We don't just expect them to have it when they get there. And when a student doesn't do well with that, we simply reteach those pieces rather than punitive punishment. And now we've added the restorative practices onto that, and it's a great match, and it's kind of expanding their idea. Another piece that uh, kind of goes along with that that we do for teachers is the growth mindset idea that, that this is where you are now, but I know that you can grow to another place. You're not going to be stuck right here mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. We have a whole series of uh, courses on differentiation in the classroom, and we know how that's a, sometimes a difficult thing for teachers to do, but how important that is that the student gets the right challenge for them. So the one who can already do it when they get there is being challenged, just like the one who's never seen it before when they get there is getting challenged. So I think all those pieces have it's been sort of a long path, but um, you know we're just we keep working on it all the time and always looking for the next right answer. It's a fact that if you're if you're not building relationships with with our kids as a teacher, anybody that deals with students, it's difficult to teach the content. Let me rephrase that. It's easy to teach the content, but it's probably difficult for them to learn it and difficult for you to get that point across. Is, what does that mean in reality, Ebony? I mean, what does that look like in the classroom? And in the classroom, I think it looks like. My students understanding that I do have expectations. You know, one of the trainings that I did go through at one point was a champs training. And so we champ. We talk about conversation level, how to get help, what is the activity, what, what is the movement that's allowed, and what, how do you know that you're participating. So I champ my students when we do activities. Right. That's a training I went to probably over 10 years ago, but right. I still utilize it in the classroom. When my students understand that there are certain expectations and procedures, then they understand that there's a routine. Once they get that routine down pat, now we're able to kind of do some things that they consider fun or that they consider exciting. I'm able to form those relationships because I know if we get off task and I ask about their weekend or ask about something that's personal to them, when I say, okay, guys, it's time to get back to, you know, math, then they're going to go right back to it. But there is that relationship that's there they know that I care mm -hmm. and they know that they can come and, and talk to me about things outside or something like that. But at the same time, when I come to a student and I say, OK, on this homework assignment, you didn't do A, B, C, D, and I need you to do that, they take it from me a lot better than someone who does not have that type of relationship from them. It doesn't seem like, oh, that's that mean teacher talking right. to me. It's that's Miss Kennedy and she cares about me and she does want me to grow and be better. You know, there's been a lot of research over the last 10 years that has helped us understand how these relationships are more important. Little things like um, we include action-based learning as part of our... So what um, is that? For people that don't know, what is that? <laughs> it's uh, basically humans learn better when they can move. Um, sitting very still in a desk, not talking to anybody, is almost opposite of what you need to do to learn. You need to interact with other people. Um, most children really do better when they move. So we have some special furniture where they can wiggle back mm -hmm. and forth. We have um, actually ABL labs, and we are we include the content folks with the ABL. So when they do a content professional development, they also show them how to include these strategies, these action-based learning strategies, to learn how to spell a word or to do a, a mathematical problem. 
So um, I feel like because we really do a good job of paying attention to the research, we've been able to keep up with what's going on and even sometimes go a little ahead. I'm reminded of uh, when I first got here, I think you guys were in the process of studying brain rules. Yes, sir. Uh, John Medina. And, yes, sir. And I'll remember this to the day I die, him talking about how the brain and the way it's developed and the way it learns is almost diametrically opposed to the way we do school. It's as if the brain researchers never talk to the educators. Yes. It says you're doing exactly the opposite of what is required. And so this idea, and I'm just using that as an example of most people, when you think of professional development for teachers, doesn't think about getting kids up and running around or dancing. That's just the opposite. We're losing control. There's chaos. You're right. You don't have any management of the classroom. So from a teacher's perspective, I guess that takes a little bit of a, a selling job. It does. <laughs> I think that, and the action base is more than just them kind of, like you said, dancing. Yeah, right. um, it can even be something that's more direct. Like when we do science and we do the rock cycle, I have a whole set of hand motions that I teach the students to teach them the different three stages of the rock cycle. And you, I see them. I watch them when they're taking the test and I'll see the kids doing the little motions with their hands <laughs> as they try to remember what comes next. It can be something as simple as posting information along the walls and we're doing walking notes today. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can look around the class and I see, ooh, you know, some of my students need to get up and move. So I give them like a, uh, what we call skeleton notes where there are parts missing out of the notes and the students have to walk around and read the information that I posted on the wall and that's how they fill in that notes. That's considered action-based. They're up and they're moving and it triggers more in their mind. Ebony mentioned A-Leaf Youth. I want to talk a little bit about that. I think that's a fairly unique approach to bringing teachers into your into our organization. A lot of companies do that. They have induction programs for their new employees. They teach them the, the culture, the do's, the don'ts, the non-negotiables. Talk a little bit about ALEFU, the thought behind it, and then what, without going into detail, what, what does that look like for a teacher? We started ALEFU to, to really, we want to keep our teachers. Mm -hmm. And we know that one of the things that makes them leave is when they feel ineffective. So we look at every year, what are the important things we're doing in ALEAF? How can we catch them up quickly so that they feel confident in using those strategies and trying those things in their classroom? So we spend four days uh, at the beginning of the school year. They do two days of their content. They do a day of action-based learning. They do a day of our classroom management, uh, mm -hmm. positive student relationships piece. And um, that kind of sets the tone of we expect you to be learners here um, and we're going to provide you with these opportunities so that you don't have to sit at a staff meeting and wonder what they're talking about, that you're ready to go on day one. And we expect that for three years. Our expectation is the first three years you're with us, you follow this program that we have of um, these classes. Like, like being in college. <laughs> right. Bit, exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and it really is because the first year it's very prescribed. The second year it's kind of prescribed. And the third year it's a, there's a lot of choice but in, within categories. And those categories are meaningful work, meaningful relationships, and technology. How do teachers typically respond to that? Is that a... Um, it, it, we have 
we have different responses. Well, that's, a, that's a lot to ask. Think about it. Yes. That's yes. four days in addition to the, I mean, they're getting here four days earlier than everyone else yes. is in terms of the school year, right? Yes. Yes, sir. And those first three years, we expect more than the minimum um, requirement here. Right. For the teacher who's coming in like Ebony did, alternatively certified, maybe never setting a foot in a classroom before they become the teacher of record, those folks are very interested in this and really need these pieces. Some We get a little pushback from some of our more experienced mm-hmm. people, but it's funny. They'll push back until they take the class, and then they'll write an email that, oh, my goodness, this was so helpful, and now I, I can try all these new things. So even though sometimes it's hard to entice them to do it, right. once they get there, um, almost everybody sees the benefit of it. This summer... Um I had a teacher actually talk to me during A-Leaf U after their sessions, and she had actually come from another district, but she'd only been there for one or two years before she came to A-Leaf. And she said the district that she had come from had nothing like this, and she was so grateful for this because it gave her so much information. She felt so much more comfortable and confident going into the classroom. And she wasn't a brand-new teacher. She wasn't a first-year teacher. She felt like this was going to be her best year ever. Just because of preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, that has long been a uh, the reputation of this district is how they prepare teachers. And, you know, always the risk you run is you invest so much in teachers. And, and as you said, Tracy, you want to keep them. Part of the method to the madness, if you will, is to prepare them so that they don't want to go anywhere else. You mentioned earlier about typically what teachers, what frustrates teachers more than anything else is being ineffective. You agree with that? Definitely, yes. Feeling unprepared is is a horrible feeling as a teacher. Going back to the sports analogy, if you don't take care of your preparation, then obviously you're going to set yourself up. What are the barriers in some cases to helping teachers help themselves? Let's talk about the elephant in the room, because a lot of what we're asking teachers to do is not on quote-unquote contract time. Oh, yes, sir. Um, Almost all of it. So, So let's talk about that. I mean, this whole idea of being a pro being a professional. Right. Um, We do, in ALEAF, pay our teachers for two extra days that are not part of their schedule. And our expectation is for those two days you come to professional development. That's our enticement to them to get at least 14 hours. But like I told you at our meeting last week, we have over 50 teachers right now that have earned 100 district hours, so 100 hours outside of their workday. They really see it when they go back to the classroom Mm -hmm. and it's effective and things work and and they can talk to their teammates about um, what they're doing. Ebony works on a campus where they do a lot of their own professional development there, even in the summertime, uh, even on Saturdays. And truly, that is the best model. That's what research shows is the best model of how to get change in the classroom is when a team comes together, decides what it is they need to learn together to help their students achieve more, and then they learn it together, they hold each other accountable for using it, they support each other in using it, and they make real changes in their classroom. I think those campus PLC times or those campus professional developments that we do, like Tracy said, they do help us because There's not a time during the day, for example, where all of the sixth grade math teachers are off at the same time. So when we come together, we generally come together like a day or two before teachers report back Mm -hmm. to work. You're able to get all of the sixth grade math teachers together. We sit down and we look at the first semester and we start talking about these are the problems we had last year. These are the problems, the hangups that we found that our students had last year. And this is how we're going to handle that. 
and you also have a room full of teachers who've taught it, and you might have some teachers that are new. So those teachers who are coming in new, we're able to say, hey, when you get to rational numbers, this is what you're going to have to spend right, a lot more right. time on. And then at the same time, everyone teaches differently. We're, we're teaching all the same curriculum, but we all take a different outlook on it or way that we teach it. And so we're also able to bounce ideas off of each other. You know, someone says, well, I use this, this strategy when I taught this concept. Oh, I never thought about that. So those campus PDs allow us to be more specific to our campus and what our student needs, because each campus is different. You know, you have the general Mm -hmm. A-LEAF viewpoint, but Miller is different from, say, Klintzman and Budawig, some of the other intermediate schools. We're, We're different in our population and the things that we need to do specifically for our students. I think that's an important distinction. There's this professional development that we offer as a district. So that's kind of the organizational. Uh, you mentioned we offered over 800 different sessions over the last 12 months, I guess. That was over the summer. Oh, over the 1900 summer. was Good my Lord. count over the last calendar year. 1900 sessions. Yes, sir. And then you have the individualized, the, the campus where you're doing things on the campus that are specific to either your content area, your grade, or or whatever it might be. Does the combination of those things, I mean, do, do we work in concert? When I say we, Tracy, do you work in concert with schools about, here's what I'm trying to do at Miller Intermediate this year. Can you support me in that regard? Is it fairly common? Oh, yes, yes. What they're doing at Miller is following the A-Leaf pacing guide. It's it's following the A-Leaf um, philosophy of teaching, but they're looking at their own data on their own students and seeing where their hangups were. Now, a lot of times it's very similar to the district data, but when you have a learning session with your team members, you are so much more likely to put those things into play in your classroom than if it's, you know, Tuesday, July 10th, and you're there and there's nobody from your campus there with you. Um, You're still going to learn and you'll be able to take that back, but it's different than, than that kind of grouping. This school year, we've added two additional planning days for, like, I guess, the The long range planning days. The long range planning days. Ebony, do you find we have one in the fall, Mm -hmm. which is right after the first grading period, getting ready to go into the second, and one in the spring? Do you see that as being beneficial and being helpful for teachers to do exactly what you were describing earlier? I think it is going to help us a lot. On our campus, we've been talking about how we want to set that day up and how we want to structure that day. But I think it is going to allow us to sit together as a as a grade level team or as a content team and talk about things and bounce ideas off of each other and then plan for like some things in the second semester, the beginning of the second semester. How are we going to handle At that point, we'll start getting ready for our DCAs, our district common assessments. How are we going to handle preparing for these items? And I ask teachers, I go, what what can I do to help you? Their number one response every single time is, I need more time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need more time. After a big raise, but (laughs) we'll do the best we can there. This, This notion of more time and then going back to the expectations. Tracy, if you don't mind, just for the audience, I'd like for them to know what is it that ALEAF expects? So we expect 14 hours of... For our experienced teachers. teachers. In those first three three years, we expect 35 hours of professional development, um, just because we know that you need to play catch up. And we know that there's a lot of moving parts to a school district, and they need to know those pieces. So um, we ask them in the first three years to do that. After that, it's just the 14 hours that we have already paid you for that we expect you to attend. I'm going to tell you most, over half of our teachers get more than their 
minimum required hours. You talked at our meeting about the reputation that ALEAF has for professional development. And so I've been doing a lot of thinking on what mm. what causes that. I think the fact that we do differentiate and so teachers can find something that matches them. Um, we also differentiate how we provide those sessions. We have face-to-face sessions. We have online sessions. We have blended sessions. Some of our folks who it's difficult to find some professional development for them, like our CTE teachers, Mm -hmm. you know, we have like just four of them on this one content. They go out and do work study pieces to get their hours. So we have lots of different opportunities so that teachers feel like they're getting something that's truly benefiting them and what they need to do. We even do some pieces on safety. We do an active shooter class, um, a health and wellness Mm -hmm. class, just lots of different pieces out there because we know that just like we need to develop that whole child, we need to take care of the whole teacher. No question. Do you see it as a customer service type? Oh, yes, yes. Service? Yes, yes. We're providing a service for them, so we listen to them. Now, we're also asking them to do things for us, so we put some things out there in place that we expect. Mm-hmm. We've, we've really been working the last couple of years on that idea that the teachers do learn something and then implement it back in their classroom because that was our biggest disconnect. You know, they'd go to stuff and it was great and they were excited, but then November came and it was time to do that activity and they couldn't find their hand out. And, um, so in some classes, we've been um, initiating what we call an implementation reflection assignment. So you come for only six hours, learn with us for six hours, and that last hour of credit you get from going back to your classroom, trying something, and answering, you know, five, six, seven questions about it. To preview track. Yes, yes. Um, And send us a picture of it. Um, it, uh, We have a great system where they can upload it in a Schoology group, Mm -hmm. and so they can look at other people's ideas. And our instructors also – we develop them. We spend time developing our professional development people. We don't just say, hey, you teach third grade and you're good, so go do a session. We help them design the session. They practice it in front of us. When they are actually in a session teaching, we put people in the classroom to give them feedback. Just this last Saturday, we had um, a gentleman come in and video record four of our presenters because they're really good at what they do. So this seemed to be the next way to help them grow. So I think that's another reason that we have a good reputation is because we do spend time developing our presenters so that we, they, we have a high quality there. You're coming about applying it in the classroom. Ebony, have you found it difficult? I mean, I, I know I go to trainings and all that, and it's, you know, I enjoy it while I'm there, and I, I write some stuff down. But in terms of coming back to the actual implementation of it or execution of it, do you find the professional development for teachers, sometimes that's part of the problem, is there's a lot of mountaintop experiences with very little application in the classroom? or? I think, like you were asking about the customer service aspect of mm-hmm. it, and I, I have seen in the 18 years, I've seen a definite change. I remember when I first started, everything was face-to-face. You, We went to Hastings or we went to LSIC, and we sat for eight hours and we got the training. I've seen it grow from there. I've taken face-to-face in the district. I've taken sessions that were totally online through Schoology and through Google. I've also taken some that were the blended part where we did some stuff face-to-face, and then I had to go and implement something mm-hmm. in the classroom and bring it back. And I think that, that that one is the one that I've learned the most from because I'm able to, at that point, create something I'm actually going to use in my classroom 
take it to my classroom while it's still fresh in my mind, put it into play, and then actually come back and talk to my classmates about this is what I did, this is what the problems were I saw, or this is, it went very well. And, and so you hear different people's ideas on the different types of assignments uh, that they chose to implement in their classroom. I think as we grow to offer more different types of sessions, we'll start eventually doing, like I, I hear people talk about those um, lunch and learns, mm-hmm. where you do the, you know, it's like a real quick, quick yeah. you know, th- maybe 30-minute type of, of session. And sometimes that's all it takes. It just, you know, it really does depend on mm-hmm. what, what it is that you're trying to teach, what it is that you're trying to get across. But I think that as as the district evolves and offers more different types, that teachers are going to be more interested and learn more because you can, you have time now. If I'm taking an online session, my professional development is totally online, I can go home, cook dinner for my children, and then sit down and start my session. I can pause it, make sure that they get off to bed, yeah. everything, and then I can go back to it. It's not a, I've got to be sitting in this one spot for eight full hours. That obviously makes it much more amenable to doing things outside the school day. Yes, definitely. I, I agree with you. And, you know, HD, just like we develop our children, we know that Sometimes teachers want to try other things and do other things in the district. So we offer a specialist academy for teachers who say that they they think that they're interested in being a specialist. I know Ebony right now is in an assistant principal intern program. So she's interested in moving into that area. So we offer our teachers a way to grow, too. And that that was one of my next questions is to talk about, I mean, we spend a vast majority of our time helping teachers. That's our core business. I mean, that's as we should. But we also offer opportunities for advancement, and when I say advancement, other challenges. If you want to go into administration, if you want to go into counseling, if you want to go into a specialist who basically specializes in content to help teachers in a particular content area. I'm, I'm just curious, Ebony, since you're in an aspiring uh, leadership academy, and I don't mean you to critique it, but I'm just do you find that as helpful? Have you been doing it long enough to know? <laughs> well, I just started. We've had um, two sessions. Okay. Um, but honestly, I feel like, especially the session that we just had, we were presented with different types of situations that could possibly occur on a campus. And you had to sit down and with a group and talk about what's the main problem? What is your What are your first steps? Where do you go from here? Who needs to be involved? What do you need to get done? What is the solution that you're looking for? And it really opened my eyes to some things that I never would have, right. you know, even thought of. That actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one of them was talking about a bus is at the bus ramp in the afternoon and the doors open up and a kid gets off the bus and the bus drives off. And now you've got the second grader who tells you the bus driver put him off. What do you do? And so it was one of those things where you're like, oh, my gosh, what would we do in that situation? Mm-hmm. So there are a group of us that are in this course and we're learning the aspects. What is it like? What is it truly like to be an administrator? What is it truly like on a day to day basis? And it's going to help us to grow because we have these experiences. We have we're going to have this knowledge. And when we sit down to interview, it's going to be there. It's, it's definitely going to be seen that we are I feel like I will be more prepared for an interview. You know, going from um, a classroom teacher to another position, whatever that role is, there's such a, in some cases, a stark difference. And in some cases, it's very similar. You know, in, in your classroom, you've got, you're the CEO, you're the superintendent of that classroom, right? You're you're mm-hmm. in charge. Same way on a building. Principals, administrators, they're CEOs, i.e. superintendents of their, of their building. Do we apply the same type of effort and energy and thoughtfulness 
into both of those? Is that something that we attempt to do where with teachers you're offering, you mentioned 1,900 different types of, or as an administration, there's perhaps not nearly the need for that that quantity. What kind of goes into the thinking, Tracy, behind what we're asking aspiring administrators to go through? And I know Janine Hoke, another yes. one of our team members, yes. kind of leads that, but what's the thought process between preparing an administrator and a teacher? You know, I'm going to take your words. In some cases, it's very, very similar. They need to know their content. They need to know what good instruction is. They they need to understand classroom management. Um, but it's just kind of at a different, from a different approach. Mm-hmm. So the teacher, we're going to provide the teacher ideas. And for the uh, aspiring administrators, we're going to we're going to look at it through a different lens. And I think that they do a great job of offering real world things that really happen in the day. And I think um, Ms. Hoke does a great job of knowing what's happening in our district and then just implementing it like the next day in the classroom. Case studies. Hey, here's something that happened. So let's see how it would work. What would you do? What would you do? Yes. But you're right. We don't have nearly the um, depth or breadth of, of classes for that. But And we have some gatekeepers there. Everybody who's in that class has already earned their master's and mm-hmm. their principalship certificate. So they've done it at whatever university or whatever institution they came from. They got that piece. But now they can get the A-Leaf yeah. piece. So They're, it's like A-Leaf U for administrators. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess that's what it's going for. It's, it's more specifically designed to, to, lead, to be a leader uh, on, on a campus yeah. in our district, which goes to the reputation of the PD for teachers has always been stellar. What well, the same way for administrators. We we lose administrators all the time to other districts because they know they've been prepared. And quite frankly, once you get into a job in a leaf, you don't people don't tend to leave. <laughs> it's uh, it's a good uh, it's a good it's a good problem to have. I want to go back to something we started off with, and we'll we'll wrap this up. But this this idea. I mean, we could spend a lot of time talking about specific things that we do to help train teachers. But I think growth, and you said, you know, a growth mindset, it really is a a mindset, you know, as as a professional. And one of the things I was hoping that I hope people that listen to this, particularly teachers in this district, is to every once in a while, spend some time thinking about your profession and your, yourself as a, as a pro. And that if you don't, if you never, ever help yourself in that role, if you don't ever seek professional development or additional training, you're, you're taken away from the, the approach of being a professional. You're, 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 you're showing up, you've earned your degree, you've got your job, you're t- but you're not growing and you're not, and it almost to me, and I, and I know it's maybe offend some people, but you're not taking full advantage of it. And as a result, someone's going to suffer, yourself for one, and then obviously whoever you have impact with. I don't know, would y'all agree with that? Ebony, you're a teacher. I, mean, I always look at it as like free training. If I do something, if I do a professional development that's here in the district, I don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I can go, I can learn, and it, like you said, it's going to help me grow as a teacher. So basically, I'm cr- making myself more marketable. That's, that's basically how I you're, look at you're it. You're investing in yourself. Definitely, because I'm going to grow from what I do. The students and the classroom, the teaching environment, all of that has changed, and it changes has changed drastically since the year that I started up until now. And as teachers, we've got to evolve. We've got to grow. And taking these professional developments, I think, is a way to help us evolve because I can take a professional development now that shows me how to put lessons online, for example, in Schoology, our, our management system. When I started teaching 18 years ago, we didn't have a management system like that. Everything was paper and pencil. 
our students now are growing up. We've got three and four year olds who know how to fully function an iPad, who can work that iPad and find the game that they want. Some of them even know how to purchase stuff with their parents' saved information. We've got to grow as teachers to meet students at their interest level if we want them to, to learn, basically. And I think that all of the PDs, that's what they're helping us do. They're helping us learn new ways to reach our students, new ways to present this this content to our students in order to help them grow and to mold them into the leaders of tomorrow because we know that's the way life mm-hmm. is headed. We're going towards a more technological, technology-focused edge. And if we don't get our students there, then what are we going to do with them? No, I think you're right. When you, if you don't invest in yourself particularly when it doesn't cost you anything, but some time and some effort. Mm-hmm. You need to question the profession you've chosen. I can't think of a, of a less disturbing thing is for someone to get into this profession and not treat themselves professionally. And that bothers me. It bothers me immensely because I know if the attitude to not participate in this or take advantage of this in yourself, then perhaps the attitude towards our kids is not <laughs> isn't as strong. And I know I'm painting with a broad brush, but that's that's how I see professional development, how important I see it. I can't imagine that you'd want to come and teach the same year 20 times. You yeah, know, yeah. teach 20 years and evolve, continue to evolve. It makes... And complain that everything's boring and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. I've never thought about that. Definitely. Yeah, it's the same year every year. Mm-hmm. Same year. <laughs> kind of like Groundhog Day. <laughs> well, I, I, I will wrap this up and tell you that Uh, I am immensely proud of what this district has been doing well before I got here and has continued to do since I've been here in terms of preparing teachers. We make no bones about it. If you're going to work in A-Leaf, if you're going to teach in A-Leaf, it's going to be hard work. And our expectations are very high. And our kids deserve nothing less than a a prepared professional uh, who continues to seek improvement and growth from year to year or from course to course or semester to semester or Grading period to grading period. So, Ebony, thank you for your 18 years and, you. and for sitting in here and sharing your insight on, on this. Uh, those listening, like I said earlier, I hope they take away how important it is and that teaching is more than just showing up in uh, August through May and taking the summers off. And it is a constant reinvestment of your in, into themselves. And we got people doing it every single day. And I'm extremely proud of that. Tracy, have we missed anything? Have we not said something that needs to be said? You know, there was one other thing that I had um, pulled out, uh, and it's just it's a new piece that we're just starting and we're excited about it, Um, helping our specialist to become more – to become instructional coaches just as much as they are experts in their content field because we know that they also need to have a growth mindset about teachers and understand that they can all get better and it's their job to help them get there. So we've been doing a lot of work with our our large population of um, content specialists that we have on every campus about how they can coach teachers and help them get better in, in small increments. So that's an exciting new piece that we're, we've added. Yeah, like I said, transferring knowledge from one person to another, whether it's adult to adult, adult to kid, kid to adult, is a powerful thing, is a very powerful thing. So I want to thank both of you for joining us today on this episode and sharing your insight. And uh, we hope that the listeners have a, a better insight into what it takes to be a teacher, not only in A-Leaf, but just in our profession, and that it is a constant, constant, constant investing in yourself, 
growing yourself. And if you're not doing that, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're for certain doing your, your students a disservice. So thank you for joining us. Have a great day. This has been HD Chambers with Impact Ed. Thank you. This has been an AMP production.